Welcome to episode 12, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome! Welcome! Oh yeah! Anyone remember the Capri Sun commercials with the... No, was it Capri Sun? No, it wasn't. Was it Capri Sun? Who, what was it? The guy, the the red punch bowl guy? Was that Capri Sun? I don't know what that was. I feel like I'm wrong on that one. Let me check this really quickly. Capri Sun, Capri Sun. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Capri Sun. It isn't Capri Sun, what is it then? I'm just gonna look up, oh yeah, Dane Cook because he used to do a, a joke about that. Dane Cook. Oh, the Kool-Aid, that's right, it's the Kool-Aid guy. Oh yeah, welcome to episode 12. I keep doing these impressions and I just won't record the episode. I, I just keep doing impressions and effing around and then I delete the audio and then I just keep effing around, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, finally recording the episode. Welcome, episode 12, Rookie Mistakes. It is a Monday night, almost midnight. And I am very excited because Ozark came out this weekend. I am a huge fan of that show. It's an amazing show. Season two, I've already watched three episodes. I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone. Don't worry, but you definitely need to start watching that show if you have not watched before. It's with Jason Bateman, and he's also directing it. It is an absolutely fantastic show. Go watch season one if you haven't seen it. There's no excuse. It's on Netflix. Everyone has a Netflix account. If you don't have a Netflix account, go find a sibling or a friend that has a Netflix account. We all know that you have access to a Netflix account. But anyways, on today's episode, I had a very rough week last week. I had a rough week last week. Interesting way of putting it, Connor. But yes, it was a bad week. This podcast is called Rookie Mistakes. I made a few mistakes. And so I thought, hey, let's talk about this because then you will not make the same mistakes if you happen to ever visit Bangkok, which I'm sure maybe you will do at some point in your life because Bangkok is a very popular destination. Apparently, Bangkok is actually the most sought after country in the ways of tourism. It is the most visited country in the world, I believe, when it comes to le tourism. And that would make sense because it literally has been catered completely to tourists. It is really crazy. But anyways, our journey today will start with last Tuesday. I decided that I was going to go see the Temple of the Emerald Buddha, and I got a late start to the day. It was 1.15 in the afternoon when I got there. I was following the good old trusty Google Maps, walking up to it, and really quickly, just to give some context, which I did not know at the time, but the Temple of the Emerald Buddha and the Grand Palace are a combined ticket. They're a part of the same area so you see both of them the same day it's not like it's a separate destination and i at the time thought that it was so as i'm trying to find this entrance to the temple i see all these signs everywhere about go this way to go see the grand palace and i see all these tourists heading in that direction and i go in the complete opposite direction because i'm looking for the temple i'm not looking for the grand palace little did i know which would have saved me a huge, huge headache that they are the same thing, essentially. So I get to the end of the street. I'm trying to walk around the wall, the, the outer walls to figure out if there's some entrance somewhere. This Thai man comes up to me, starts talking to me and asks what I'm doing here in Thailand. He then asks what I'm doing today. I said, I'm trying to see the temple. And he tells me, 
oh, the temple is not open until 3.30 today. There is a ceremony going on. And then he asked me, have you seen any of the other sites yet in Thailand? And I had not at the time, but I was being a little gullible, gullible gill, we'll call it, because that's the first name that starts with G that comes to my mind. It would be a terrible name for a kid, gill. But gullible gill over here, aka Connor, decided to tell him, no, I haven't seen anything yet because I was being truthful. He then whips out a map Starts telling me about all these destinations I could see and that I would take a tuk-tuk. He tells me the prices and then he says you can come back to see the temple at 3.30. If you're listening to this, at this point you might be thinking, hey Connor, that sounds like a scam. And all I can tell you is that that was not something that crossed my mind at the time. So... I'm a little sketched out by this guy, but he seems very friendly and I'm not getting any dishonest vibes from him. I believed him about the temple being closed. I was just debating whether or not I actually wanted to do this whole ordeal where I'm going to all these different sites. I think there was eight to 12 sites, but finally decided to do it and he snapped his little fingers and a tuk-tuk came over to pick me up, which now that I think about it is even more weird. That should have set off some red flags. But anyways, I then got on the tuk-tuk and I was off to my first destination. The first place was a destination called Wat Intheron. I definitely butchered that pronunciation, but that is where the giant standing Buddha is. I believe it's 32 meters tall from what I read. And then there's just a few other smaller temples around. It's just a very low-key place that you can visit. I definitely don't recommend it. But yes, so we get there and a guy comes up to us and asks me to pay for the entrance fee. So I pay the 40 baht. I get a map of the grounds and then my ticket. So I get out of the tuk-tuk. I start looking around. And at this point, because I actually have some time to think now, I start thinking more and more, is this a scam? I'm debating with myself. I don't know. It seems pretty legit, but who knows? So I'm walking around and I start to notice that no one else around me, none of these other tourists, none of them have a ticket. So I start to get even more hesitant about what is going on. I'm starting to get more mistrusting. And I think instantly, what if this place is actually free and I just got scammed out of 40 bot? So I look up online if the place is free and lo and behold, it actually is free. So I got scammed out of the 40 bot. So at this point I'm thinking, wow, this definitely is a scam. I start looking up all the different sites that I have left to see maybe if this is just some part of my tour that I had to pay for my thing specifically. And I wanted to see if the prices that the guy gave me for the the sites were the same as the actual prices because I didn't want to like end up going around to all these sites right and paying extra money. That's where my head was at. It was too much of a hassle to find all the different prices. So I just decided, okay, I'm not going to do that, but this definitely has to be a scam. I then started looking up all the different scams in Bangkok, which I definitely should have done well before I ended up in the country, but I did not do that because that is not what I've ever done in any other country I've been. So why start now, right? Maybe you should have started, Connor, because the most scams in the world happen in Bangkok, pretty much. Yeah, you're right, Connor. You should have did it. But anyways, so I look up the scams and I find the scam that is closely matched with my scam. So a lot of people talk about how, you know, someone will come up to you, a nice, friendly, smiling Thai guy will come up to you and he'll tell you about the Grand Palace being closed or the... uh 
or there's like a ceremony going on, right? That's the one he used on me was the ceremony at the temple one. So I knew then, okay, 100% a scam. Then I started to think about, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to go back to him and just tell him to take me somewhere else? I didn't really want to do that. I thought, okay, I'm just going to bounce and ditch this guy. Screw this guy. 45 minutes had passed at this point, And maybe I even thought he might be gone. He might have left. Like it, a lot of time has passed. But I started looking around to try and find an exit other than the entrance that I came through because I didn't want to have to walk out that way and for him to see me. So I start scanning everywhere and I cannot find anywhere except for another entrance that is on the same street that I entered from. It's just a lot further down. So I was debating whether or not I wanted to peek around the corner to see if the guy was still there, but then I didn't want I didn't want him to catch me, right? Because I didn't know where he was actually parked. So maybe I peek around the corner and he's right there, his little tuk-tuk. So didn't end up doing that and I really was going to ditch him but then I thought well what if something happens then Connor what if he calls the police because I didn't pay him for the ride I didn't pay the 60 bot yet which is how much the ride was going to cost I had just paid for the entrance to this place so he technically has a reason to be upset, even though he's a scammer. And I didn't know how the police would react to scammers because maybe in their country, in Thailand, that's not seen as a scam, or maybe they're just gonna take the side of the citizen rather than the uh, foreigner. So I basically didn't wanna give him a reason or the police a reason for that matter to make the situation escalate. Maybe then they would ask me for more money so that, I wouldn't get in trouble, or maybe they would tell me I'm gonna to go to prison, right? Maybe they'd try and shake me down for more money. Who knows, that's where my mind goes honestly. And I was thinking this is more and more sounding like a Jason Bourne movie if I do this, right? Cause then I'm gonna to have to avoid the police at all costs and they're gonna be out looking for me. That's just where my mind goes because I'm crazy and I've always wanted to, I've always wanted my life to be like an action movie, like a Jason Bourne movie or James Bond. That's been my little weird thing that I've always thought would be really cool. And honestly, if I was actually in that situation, I would probably learn pretty fast that I am wrong to want that to happen to me. But yeah, so I thought it's not worth the 60 bot of not paying this guy to ditch him. And then maybe something happens in the future while I'm here, I'm gonna be here another month. And I also need to get my visa extended. So, it's just not worth it. Went back to the guy and at this point, I'm fully aware of what's going on. So I start to get a little bit excited because at this point I'm thinking, well, this is just gonna be a good story to talk about. So might as well see where this leads. He, uh, the tuk-tuk the driver just tells me to wait a few minutes because he's gonna go to the bathroom. And so I get back in the tuk-tuk and this guy is sitting right next to it. He's in a, Dress shirt, dress pants, dress shoes. Just some random guy. He starts talking to me once again, very friendly, smiling, asking me where I'm from. What are you doing here? Are you on vacation? He starts to tell me about his family and what he does for a living. Apparently he's a lawyer and he's just on a break and I'm doing air quotes right now. He's on a break. I had read about the scam, another thing about the scam. They take you to all these different shops. One of the shops they take you to is a suit shop. So, 
This guy starts talking to me about this deal about suits and his English wasn't the best. So once the accent, like I couldn't really understand what he was saying. I had to really listen closely. So I was not catching everything, but he was basically telling me about this promotion for suits where it's only happening today. Of course, that's always how it goes. It's always today. It's not next week. It's not this whole month. It's only today. You can only get these suits today. And then he starts telling me about how he's wearing the clothes from there right now. And he's like, feel it. Doesn't this look nice? I got these from there. Of course, he's a plant, which is just so I don't even know what to think about it. The fact that they plant people there and he's pretending to be someone else completely full of it. Right. But it doesn't come off like that at all and is very nice and friendly and not intimidating at all or anything like that. So he gives me his little his little shtick and the tuk tuk driver comes back. And I tell him I want to go to the Golden Mount because that's what I decided on. It was the closest thing to where we were at. And I just figured, okay, I'm just going to not do the rest of this tour. Just take me to the Golden Mount. He tells me, okay, but first we need to go to this suit shop. And I just am like, whatever. So we go to the suit shop. He is still trying to play the scam. He tells me that he needs to fill the car up or the tuk-tuk up with gas. He just happens to stop on the side of the street next to this suit shop. And he says, okay, I need to fill up the tuk-tuk with gas. Just go in there and look around while I do it, right? It's like a way to pass the time for me. So I go in there and this guy comes up to me, starts talking to me, same freaking spiel as everyone. It's always about where are you from? How long are you on vacation? They're just trying to size you up and basically to screw you over. So I tell him instantly as soon as I get in there, I'm not looking to buy anything. This guy's just filling up the gas in the tuk-tuk and then I'm we're going to be on our merry way. Of course, looking at the guy, he's just sitting on the bench, right? He's not he's got <laughs> he's got no tank of gas, no container, no nothing. He's just sitting there twiddling his thumbs. So this guy's going hard in the paint. This sales guy trying to buy, get me to buy a suit. I tell him, oh, I'm a traveler. I'm not going to want to bring a suit with me. I'm going to all these different countries. I don't want to have anything else in my bags. And he says, no, you can actually just take it home. You can have it shipped home. You don't need to bring it with you. He basically has an answer for every single thing that I'm saying to him. I then say, oh, I don't want to give or I don't want to spend money because I'm on a budget. I don't have that much money. And he asked me, oh, how much money do you have? And I'm just like, I'm not telling you that. Why would I ever say that? So he tries really hard and I'm finally just like, no, sorry, I got to go now because I feel like enough time has passed with this stupid driver outside. The sales guy was cool at the end because he told me, well, if you don't want to buy anything, you should just have this driver take you to want to go and don't let him take you anywhere else and waste your time. The sales guy clearly knew that the guy was doing this on purpose, this tuk-tuk driver. And I don't know if that meant that he was just aware of the common scam or if he was actually in on it. I really don't know how it works. I'd be really interested to know how these these scams work and how deep they go, how big of a network they have. But get out of the get out of the shop. And then I'm like, okay, to the to the uh, tuk-tuk driver, take me to the Golden Mount. This is where I want to go. At this point, his English got very poor and he started to understand less and less, which is very convenient, right? Another tactic that 
people use to try and get you to do things you don't want to do. So he's telling me, oh, rest of the tour, right? Rest of the tour, we're going to go to this place and then we can go to the Golden Mount. And I'm like, no, we're going to the Golden Mount. This is where I want to go. And I finally get him to understand, I want to go here. I don't want to do the rest of the tour. So then I tell him, well, I don't want to pay 60 baht because we're not doing the entire tour. How much is it going to cost for me to go to the Golden Temple? Because I want a clear answer. I don't want to be screwed into having to pay more. I want to know how much it's going to cost. So he isn't giving me a straight answer. Then he keeps saying, oh, 60 baht for the rest of the tour. And I'm saying, no, Golden Temple. And he keeps going back to the 60 baht because I'm pointing at it and I'm saying, no, 60 baht, not for the Golden Temple. I want to pay something else, but he's not getting it. So finally, he tells me, just pay what you want. We'll go to the Golden Temple. And I tell him I'm going to pay him 30 baht. He doesn't even acknowledge it. But we end up going to the Golden Temple. Thank the Lord. And he gets very aggressive in the moment. And he tells me 30 baht, 30 baht thinking that maybe I wasn't going to give it to him. I don't know. I gave him his 30 baht. He was extremely happy about it. He said, thank you. He told me which way to go for the Golden Temple. And then I said, thanks. We parted ways. I saw the Golden Temple. It was pretty cool. Kind of salvaged the day because it was pretty crappy. A few thoughts about this whole experience because it was very interesting to me. When I think of scams, I think more of a more of an evil plan, I guess, more of a elaborate big plan. I think of a lot more money being involved. I think of shady figures. I think of dishonest people. I think of quick talkers. So I think because I had that overall impression of scammers, I wasn't really in a place to think that I could be scammed in Bangkok. I also think another reason why I initially went with the tuk-tuk driver and did this tour and why I was caught off guard was because I wasn't prepared for the day because I was trying to figure out this whole temple thing and I didn't really do research beforehand to see how everything actually worked. When the guy initially approached me about doing the tour, I was not in a place where I was really paying attention. So as he was talking to me, I was kind of getting what was going on, but I was still trying to figure out everything from before. So I was kind of caught off guard by that. And then also he was just very friendly and nice. So I didn't think anything bad of what was happening. I didn't think he was being dishonest with me or anything like that. It's just very interesting to me because these people are clearly, it's unethical. One, they're telling you something's open or something's closed when it's not. They're clearly directing you to a different place and wasting your time. Then they're getting more money out of you. I don't even want to imagine what the tour would be like if... I did the whole thing. Definitely would have taken more time than I would have needed to get back to the temple at 3.30. Like, let's say the temple actually did open at 3.30. That tour probably lasts six hours. So there, that would have just been the day there. So there's that. And then you think of all the different people along the way, right? The people that make this happen. You have the guy that suckers me in. You have the tuk-tuk driver. Then you have the guy at the gate who got my 40 bot when the place was free, who's just posted up there. Crazy to think that is legal. I wonder if, once again, I wonder if the police allow that. Then you have the guy who is posted up next to the tuk-tuk telling me about the suits. Then you had the guy in the suit shop. And one thing I actually forgot to mention too is I ended up going to another shop after the suit shop because the tuk-tuk driver, he let me in on the scam saying I get paid a certain 
amount of money for bringing people to the different shops. So he said he'd get more money if we went to that second shop. So maybe he only gets money if he brings them to the first two shops. And then from there, who knows what happens. So I I knew what was going on. And I, I don't know, I'm really cool. I don't know if other people would have done that or would have been mad or anything. But I was just enjoying myself because I was fully aware of what was going on. And like I said, good story, right? So I thought, hey, this guy is doing his job. And why not? Let's help him out and get him more money. So we did go to a second shop before we went to the Golden Temple. But I think overall, just my general opinion is it's their job to try and scam me. And it's my job to not get scammed. So what happened is my fault. And that's why I'm not really mad about it. Maybe I'm being a little too understanding or cool about it. But I don't know. I don't really have negative feelings about it. Maybe I should. But it just it seems very different because they do seem like they're being friendly and they're being helpful. And it's I don't even know if they think it's scamming people or they think it's dishonest if they think it's morally wrong or anything. It's just their way of making money. And also because it's just such a small amount of money because the currency is not as valuable as, you know, like the US dollars. That's also a reason why it wouldn't really raise a red flag because you're not actually paying absurd amounts of money to do something. They're just taking little bits and pieces of money along the way in different areas, I guess. So yeah, I really don't know. But after that happened, and after I went to the Golden Temple, I wanted to go to this restaurant that I found on Google Maps because it was a very high rated restaurant. Apparently it's a famous place to get pad thai. It had over 2000 reviews. As I was reading the reviews, I saw that it is very crowded even before it opens. It opens at 5 p.m. And people were saying at 4.30, the line is out the door with people waiting to eat here. So I just went straight to this restaurant from the Golden Temple and I got there at four. So I was there an hour early I was sixth in line, and by the time it was 4.36, I'm not even kidding, there was probably 75 people waiting outside for this place to open. Started pouring, of course, because it's Bangkok, it's the wet season, started downpouring. It was terrible, luckily, because I was early, I was covered, so didn't have to worry about that, which was nice. Restaurant opens at 5, 20 minutes beforehand, all the workers started to do this ceremony I think it was a prayer and some type of song that they did. It was very interesting to see because I've never seen that before in a restaurant where it was almost like their ritual or their way to pump each other up or it's like, oh, let's have a good night of serving people and like, you know, all that, all that good stuff. So I get seated, of course, right away, which was awesome. And this place has only pad thai. So there's vegetable pad thai, there's pad thai with small prawns there's pad thai with big prawns then there's all of those options with shrimp oil on the pad thai and then the big kahuna option is the big prawns the jumbo prawns with pad thai and it's wrapped like an omelet so it's surrounded in eggs it's like a little baby little baby baby package the restaurant is extremely cheap. I think it for the pad thai, it was 90 baht, which is nothing. That's so, so cheap. And then you can get extra noodles for 10 baht. The only thing that was expensive there is the orange juice, I think it is, that it's it's orange juice basically that you can get. That's pretty expensive. And the, the sh- thing I got with the jumbo shrimp, that's also 400 baht. So yeah, that's pretty expensive. I got the normal pad thai and then the pad thai special with the jumbo shrimp. It was very good pad thai. It's the best pad thai I've ever had at the time. And if you caught that, I said at the time. So here we go. Had that pad thai 
the jumbo prawn one was kind of gross because they still had the full body and everything and i had to basically dissected and i wasn't a big fan of that that wasn't the best so eat that and i start to head on to the bus stop to go back to my airbnb i'm waiting for the bus just walking around listening to a podcast minding my own business I've got a little bit of bloating and gas, we'll say. So I'm just letting them rip left and right away from the people waiting for the bus as well because I'm a very polite and outstanding citizen. So all of a sudden, things just take a 180. I have this gas and then all of a sudden my stomach drops. And we'll just say that Bangkok doesn't have any volcanoes, but a volcano was about to go off in my pants. So that becomes the issue. I feel like I'm not going to be able to hold it. I'm just pacing back and forth, hoping this bus is going to get here. I've been waiting for probably 10 minutes at this point. So I'm thinking the bus is probably going to be coming soon. Of course, it did not come on the scheduled time. It's supposed to be there. I think it took another 20 minutes for it to show up. So that just added to the fire and then the bus was completely full when I got on it except for this one seat and of course that seat had this big metal platform on the floor on the window side of the seating so I luckily was the only person in that row but I was thinking to myself oh my god if this bus stays full and someone else gets on this bus at one of these stops, I'm going to have to move over and sit on that side, which has that metal platform. And then my legs are going to be up in the air. And for anyone that doesn't know, the best position to relieve yourself is actually in a squat. It's not sitting on a toilet seat. That was the position I was basically going to be in if I had to move over. Of course, not even halfway through the journey, someone gets on the bus that needs to sit next to me. So I have to sit on that stupid side and my legs are up on that metal platform, my knees are above my waist and it was not the best thing for someone that needed to go to the bathroom very badly. Take into consideration also this bus is just bumping up and down, up and down. It was not a pleasant ride. This whole time I'm talking to myself, I'm saying, Connor, this isn't gonna happen to you. You're not gonna be one of these people. You always hear about these stories where people have a accident in their uh, pants, we'll say, but I'm not going to be one of those people. You're not going to be one of these people. You're going to hold this. You can do this. I'm just, it's like, a, it's like the scene in Rudy, but it's just me and there's no football or anything. It's just about toilet talk, we'll say. The bus starts to go a different direction than the normal bus path. I start thinking to myself, oh my God, is this the wrong bus? Did I get on the wrong bus? And I'm debating whether or not I should get off the bus to try and find another bus to go the correct way. But I decide, okay, I think this is the right bus. Let me just wait and see if it goes back on path. It luckily went back on path. I went back to my Airbnb and yes, the volcano erupted in Bangkok. So I had issues with that that day. The next day I decided, even though my stomach was still messed up, it wasn't terrible, but it definitely felt queasy where anything could happen at any moment. Didn't feel the greatest. I decided I was going to go back to the Grand Palace and see it because now I knew that the Grand Palace and the Temple of the Emerald Buddha, it was all together. So went and saw that with no issues. I'm happy to report that was on Wednesday. The reason why I think nothing happened 
like nothing really bad happened was because I have activated charcoal with me, which is something you definitely want to have with you whenever you're going to a country where there's potential for getting issues with the food, whether it's the food or the water. So you definitely always want to have that in case of food poisoning or some type of bug, some type of stomach bug. And just to go over really quickly why I think I got sick, this restaurant I went to, I was in a mindset where I trusted it because it had tons and tons of people that go to it constantly. And also it was very high rated. So normally where I'd be more cautious about eating, I was less cautious. The restaurant cooks the food, which is really weird. They cook the food in the front of the restaurant and then just all the seatings inside the restaurant. And it's not like a normal restaurant where you have the kitchen in the back. So that's something that kind of sketches me out in general, but I thought, hey, because this restaurant's really popular, it's fine, don't have to worry about anything. So there is that. And then I got the jumbo shrimp thing, which I think I shouldn't have got. I don't know what specifically made me sick, but I'm either thinking it was that or they give you a side of bean sprouts, I wanna say they're called, and then they give you your green onions and all that stuff. These vegetables that aren't cooked, they're raw on the side. And I put a few bean sprouts in some of the pad thai so i think i got sick from either the shrimp and i keep calling it shrimp but it's prawns i guess that's different right so the prawns i either got sick from the prawns or from the bean sprouts so once again if i didn't trust the restaurant i wouldn't have gotten i wouldn't have eaten that i thought the place was fine and i wanted to have it because you know just enjoying my meal, having a good time. But that's something I normally wouldn't have done because I'm, I've am i been constantly thinking no vegetables that are raw and no fruits because if they're washed in unclean water, then you can have an issue. So this whole bathroom thing lasted for three days. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And it wasn't terrible, but it was pretty bad to where it was annoying. So that just sucked, right? Thursday comes along. I wake up with a painful eye. My left eye was hurting. This feeling is very familiar to me because I have felt it before. When I was in Poland, I got this thing called the sty. For anyone that doesn't know what a sty is, it's essentially a pus-filled ball, much like a pimple, but it's not a pimple, and it develops on your eyelid where your eyelashes are, or it can also develop on the inside of your eye, and there's varying degrees of how bad this can get, but what happens is you get this pus thing and then your eye gets swollen shut and it's just painful and it's itchy. The thing that sucks about styes is there's really nothing you can do to deal with it other than if it gets really bad, I think then you can go to an eye doctor and get some type of cream. The problem is it's your eye. So putting something against your eye, whether it's a cream, it like it's, it's sketchy because you might blind yourself. Who knows? But what they recommend to do, because you're not supposed to pop them, which I did end up popping the first one, my bad, but you're supposed to just put a warm compress on it every day or warm tea bags to help reduce the swelling and then to pop the little pus ball on its own. And then you're also supposed to just clean your eyes with a gentle soap. So think of Johnson & Johnson baby soap or baby shampoo. Those things I didn't have, of course, being in Poland. And I didn't have a way of getting a hot compress, really, because you can imagine when I'm traveling and I'm staying in hostels, that's not really the easiest thing to keep doing, especially when you don't have the towels or any type of thing to do it with. 
that sty, which they're generally not supposed to last that long. It's supposed to be a couple of days to a week. Yeah, mine lasted for two and a half weeks and I had it in Paris as well. So I have a bunch of pictures of me in Paris that no one will ever see. They will never see the light of day, but my eye is completely swollen shut and I look like Quasimodo. It's not a very good look for me. So yeah, there's that. My brother made a ton of fun of me when he saw me in Paris the first day. Love him for that. Hashtag brotherly love. So yeah, I've experienced that feeling before. So I knew on this last Thursday that that was the feeling. So I instantly went in the bathroom to check if I had that pus ball. And of course I had a little one, not a bad one. It wasn't as bad as the one in Poland, but I had this little pus ball, which sucks. So this is Thursday, right? I ended up not doing anything Thursday because of my stomach and then this whole debacle with my eye. I happened to be carrying this stuff called oil of oregano and then grapefruit seed extract and also nascent iodine. I'm carrying these things because they're also supposed to help out with stomach viruses or if you get some type of food poisoning, they're also immune system boosters and they kill bad bacteria. So they're very good things to travel with. They're very uh, handy. It's like a jack of all trades type of thing that you could use for many different things that might ail you. So I instantly started drinking that. I made a little concoction of all three of those things because I had looked up hoping that one of these things could help with these styes. And there was some and there was some anecdotal cases where it has helped people in the past taking oil of oregano for their styes. So I thought, hey, what what the hell? I might as well try this out. Thursday passes, it's now Friday morning, and I'm happy to report that that sty is gone, right? that I had, but another one has appeared and it's huge compared to the one that I had and it's in a different area. So I'm just freaking hating my life. I had to move Airbnbs that Friday, move the Airbnbs. I'm, I have this stupid style, I'm in pain, my stomach's still whatever, right? And I get a ride, it's um, from, it's like Uber, but it's the Uber of Thailand. It's called Grab, it's an app that you can use. So I got a ride using Grab to my new Airbnb. The guy was supposed to take eight minutes to get there. What's funny about me saying the guy is that the picture was of an elderly woman with lipstick on and a very questionable Afro with those colorful, like I wanna say they're glasses, but they were pink. So I'm just thinking, oh my God, this is gonna suck. She's not gonna be able to drive well because she took 30 minutes to get there. That's just what I'm thinking because I wanna get to my new Airbnb right as fast as I can. So. Person finally gets there and it's a man. So I don't know. I don't know if it was his mom or if he likes to do some type of cross-dressing maybe, not judging or anything. I was just thinking about possible scenarios for why there's some elderly woman in this photo. And then it was a man that picked me up. Maybe he was doing the ride for her. I don't know, but yes. Yeah, so a man picks me up. He starts driving me to the new Airbnb and we get to this neighborhood. We finally get there from the address that I gave him. We're in this sketchy neighborhood, very run down, and it there's not an apartment complex in sight. So I know this isn't the area, and the guy was pretty nice about it because he said, I don't want to let you out when we haven't found the place yet. So I'm telling him, I don't really know where the apartment complex is. It doesn't seem like it's going to be, it, it's in this area because I don't see it anywhere. So I'm trying to find the address for this apartment complex because I don't know what it's called. There's no name on the Airbnb listing. 
about what the name is. It just has the address and then it also has a Google Maps link. So both of those things don't work with Google Maps. So I have no idea like where I'm supposed to be or if I'm even in the right area. So this guy is nice and he starts asking different people around the area like as we're driving by if there's a uh, if there's a car apartment complex around here. I don't really know what he's saying. He's speaking in Thai and he also doesn't speak very good English. So I finally read on the Airbnb listing about how there's a big mall complex around where I'm supposed to be staying. So I tell the guy, oh, let's go here and see what it is. So he starts to get a little bit heated because he's like, well, why didn't you just tell me that we should go there in the first place? And I'm just trying to tell him like, I didn't have the right address. It's not my fault. So we start going to this uh, this huge mall and he seems very confused because he's going a different way I guess his his Google Maps has him going a different way and then mine has me going this other way. So then I think, well, if this apartment complex is supposed to be next to this mall, maybe I can just search all the apartment complexes in the area and try and find the one that has the same pictures as the pictures on the Airbnb listing. So I finally find the name of the apartment complex and then I put that in my Google Maps and then I show him and I'm like, okay, this is where we need to go, right? Which is literally from where we are or where we were, like in that sketchy neighborhood, it was, I'm not even kidding, it was less than a mi mile, maybe a mile, it was a mile from where we were, right? So not a big deal at all. So this guy, like I said, he has the wrong address still in his phone, so I'm trying to tell him, yeah, go this way, go this way, and he's saying, no, like, let's go this way. And then I finally convinced him like, okay, we need to go this way, this is where I'm trying to go. He didn't really understand it. Finally get to the, Air the Airbnb. This guy starts yelling at me because he's like, why would you make me go to this sketchy neighborhood? And why would you make me talk to all these people and all this stuff? And he kept repeating it and repeating it. And I'm trying to tell him like, I didn't know what the address was. I was just as clueless as you that gave me wrong information. I was able to just find this with my Google map by being freaking creative. And, and he just didn't get it. And he's freaking screaming at me. And I, <laughs> I didn't even care at this point. I had such a bad day. I was just taking it and it didn't bother me at all. And so whatever left him, go up to the Airbnb, open the door, and I am greeted with the dirtiest Airbnb I've ever stayed at in my life. There's dirt on the walls everywhere. There's stains on the tables. There's a half drinking water bottle in the, in the kitchen. There is water stains and rust all over the metal in the bathroom and half like half used toilet paper. Go in the fridge. There's dead little bugs all in the fridge and food stains and then there's an ant problem it looks like developing in the living room floor with all these little spiders everywhere too so you can imagine with the week that i've had i just wasn't down for that so i instantly just left i think i got there at two in the afternoon this is friday right have the sty have issues and I spend the day in Starbucks. I just hide away for the day, get back at eight that night. And I decide I'm not staying in this Airbnb. I'm going to try and get a refund on the rest of the nights I have. I was staying there for six more days from that Friday. So I was going to stay there that Friday night and hopefully get a refund for the rest of the time. So a message to the guy said something like, oh, there seems to be an ant problem happening and it's kind of dirty. Is there any way I could get a refund? So he was really cool about it. Gave me a refund. He said, and I found a new Airbnb to go to. So I just had to stay there that Friday night. I continued to take my basil, or not my basil. I continued to take my oil of oregano, hoping it would help. Wake up the next morning. The huge sty is gone magically. So that is a shout out to oil of oregano, I believe. Definitely take that if you ever get a sty or have 
issues with whatever it may be. It's like I said, it's a jack of all trades thing to have, which helps with a lot of different things. Now, here's what I want to say about the sty because I think I've figured out what caused the sty. I've been doing a lot of research about styes. I'm actually becoming a little bit of an expert, but apparently styes are caused from staph, like a staph infection. It's not as bad as staph can get. MRSA is one of the worst forms of staph, so there's varying degrees to how serious it can be. I have a sty caused from staph. I started thinking to myself, well, why is it staph? Or how could I get that? And then I came across staph food poisoning, which I didn't even know existed. And I was looking at the symptoms of what it is, completely matched what I had. It said that you get infected and then an hour later after the infection, you start to experience symptoms, whether that's diarrhea, vomiting, or other things, stomach pains, cramps, things like that. And that's exactly what happened to me after eating that pad thai place. And then I thought, well, okay, I have a sty again, right? So if a sty is staph, then that maybe explains why I had the sty as well. So I think I got staph food poisoning from that pad thai place. I'm not going to say the name of the restaurant, but if you do want to know if you happen to ever be going to Bangkok, just send me a message and I would be happy to steer you clear of that restaurant. Before I end the episode, I wanted to shift gears really fast because I've been thinking a lot lately about how I can expand the podcast, and I've been playing with the idea of doing two episodes a week instead of one. Maybe it would just be sprinkling in an extra episode every week or so, and maybe it wouldn't be consistently sticking to two, and what my idea is is to add an episode where I'm interviewing someone about their journey. This whole podcast is about me on my journey trying to figure out how to become successful at what I want to do, but I think it would be beneficial to people to hear about other people's journey on their path to success. And normally with podcasts, a lot of the successful ones that are similar to this one, they interview people that are near the pinnacle of their respective fields usually and what I'm thinking is more of kind of the middle tier types of people obviously people that are really successful in their careers but where there probably is a lot more wiggle room for them to become even more successful or maybe they haven't reached all of their goals yet or maybe even they've kind of hit a wall where they're struggling to reach their goals because there needs to be more growth. And so I thought that would just be interesting to get that perspective as well, because my perspective is more of someone just starting, but I think getting the perspective of someone that has started and is having success, but isn't fully there yet, getting their perspective and seeing what they're struggling with and seeing kind of what they've learned along the way, I think that could be very useful. So I'm going to start working on that, I think. I don't know for sure, don't quote me on this or hold me to it, that I will start doing this, but I'm going to try. It's obviously a lot harder while traveling to find the right types of people, but I think it also might be interesting to get the different perspectives because I'd imagine it is very different from country to country and just with people's cultures and how they're raised. That could be an interesting thing to hear about. So that's my idea for extra episodes in the future. I'm 
definitely going to start working on that. And that is going to be the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave a review. Instagram, Conjay Hancock. Email Conjay Hancock at gmail.com. Hope everyone has a wonderful week. See you guys next week.